it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. After some spectacular saves from their captain Luis Robles in the first half of their encounter with FC Cincinnati, the New York Red Bulls finally broke through against the expansion club in the second half. We look back at the 2-0 win in Cincinnati, give some credit to the job Chris Armas has done of late as head coach, and look ahead to Real Salt Lake's visit to Red Bull Arena this Saturday night. All right, welcome to the Full of Bulls podcast once again. It's Mike Corbett right here, joined alongside Alfredo Fumasas. Of course, we're talking about the New York Red Bulls. Their match at Cincinnati against FC Cincinnati and their upcoming match at home against Real Salt Lake, plus other news going on with the club as well as MLS, a new tournament coming about. There's new call-ups to the uh, several of the national teams with the upcoming competitions with the Gold Cup and Copa America and a few other things here and there. Of course, follow us at our on our Twitter page at FOBS Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. We're also on Anchor FM. We're still popping up on Podbean. So wherever, just give us a listen. Tell your friends, especially if they're Red Bull fans. So, Alfredo, um, how you doing? I guess you know things aren't <laughs> as negative as they once were with the Red Bulls. So um, it's, it's it's a little bit better. So how, how yeah. you doing? Yeah, well, Mike, I'm, I'm doing well. It's uh, after Memorial Day weekend, of course, getting that extra day on in Monday in terms of uh, off, and and then also getting yeah. the the win from uh, from Red Bull uh, over yeah. the weekend. The Red Bulls are now undefeated. Well, they've only lost one game in the past uh, seven matches. So how about that? Yeah. It's not that's not bad. That's not bad. That's yeah, not too shabby. I'm yeah, I don't know if they've necessarily turned the corner, but yeah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it, it's better than than what we were seeing when the, when the season first started. And yes, the Red Bulls this past Saturday night earned seven points last week. Remember, they played three games over the course of seven days. The final three points coming and a two nil victory over expansion side FC Cincinnati in Ohio. Uh, the first half. Nothing really much going on for the Red Bulls except for Luis Robles, who helped keep the score uh, goalless at the half due to some uh, spectacular saves by the Red Bulls captain. Four saves in the first half, and he decided to take the second half off because he didn't have to see any action after that. Wound up getting his third shutout of the season and 66th of his career. Um the Red Bulls finally got score uh, on the scorecard in the 78th minute. One of the substitutes in the second half, Kaku, took advantage of a, a real bad FC Cincinnati mistake. He went in one-on-one -on, -one on the goalkeeper, beat Spencer Ritchie for his first MLS goal of 2019. Uh, the Red Bulls did get a, another goal late in the second half in the, the 91st minute, more, first minute of injury time. The other the second uh, substitute, Omir Fernandez, had a great diving header uh, for his first MLS goal, his first career goal in MLS. The assist coming from another second-half substitute and also a fellow homegrown player, Brian White. So in the end, 2-0 victory for the Red Bulls. Uh, with the win, they jumped to third place now in the Eastern Conference. Just uh, It just seemed like maybe two podcasts ago they were – 
you know, below the, the, the playoff line. And here they are now in third place in the Eastern Conference, 21 points after 14 games played. They're now three points behind second place Philadelphia. That could change tonight because Philadelphia is in action. As we speak, this is Wednesday night as we're recording. It's the 66th minute of that game right now. Philadelphia is up 1-0. They are four points right now behind D.C. United. But in the 84th minute of that match, D.C. United are ahead 3-2 over the Chicago Fire. So looks like those totals by the end of the evening that might jump to uh, six points behind Philly and then it'd be uh, seven, seven points behind D.C., but they've, they've still uh, cut the gap a bit, so not yeah. too bad on their part. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, well, Luis Robles did make the MLS team of the week for his effort against Cincinnati, and rightfully so. And Brian White also was named to the team as a bench player. That just sort of seems weird. You have the MLS team of the week. You just think, all right, the starting 11, and that's all you need. Do you, do you really? Who are they playing? Do you really need a bench? Well, and here's the, and here's the thing with the bench. Who who's the, who's the first guys? Who are the three substitute? Are they going to de- designate? Well, these are the three guys that'd be substituted on or off. You're you overthinking know? it, Mike. You're overthinking it. it it's it, look. It's it's just a, another way for the MLS to 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 showcase itself or whatever they want to showcase. It's it's like the guy the guy that passes to the guy that makes the final pass also gets an assist so it's like a hockey assist almost those guys shouldn't get assists only the guy that makes the last pass should get the assist but instead now you got a group of guys they are all getting assists you get an assist you get an assist everyone gets an assist (laughs) but (laughs) i think maybe certain circumstances sometimes if if a guy really has a great pass to really a really great play to break the other guy and the other guy sets up the other guy they yeah. could be like an alternate assist, but, but, look, but but yeah, sometimes they get a little a uh, little too loose with the the secondary assist. Yeah, look up uh, three points away. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it wasn't the prettiest victories, but uh, I thought overall it, it was a solid win. And normally, I was on here a couple of weeks ago. I forgot after which game it was where they won one nil. Oh, I think it was against Cincinnati where they beat him one nil. But I, I think I had more to complain about than uh, yeah. to actually praise them for, for the win. I, I just didn't feel like, oh, yeah, it was three points. But I thought this game, though, I guess really do looking back on it, the, yeah, the draw against Vancouver is a little bit frustrating. But to be able to rack up seven points in the standings over the course of seven days to really get yourself back in the hunt, not only in the playoff position, but closer to the top of the, the Eastern Conference – yeah, yeah, maybe you wanted a 4-0 victory or something like that. It could have been worse at the end of the first half. They could have been losing, and that would have been really uh, – yeah, then also we'd be singing a different tune here. But overall, I didn't have much issue with them just being able to go in, do the business in the second half, even though it was a little late, but doing the business and, and coming out of Cincinnati with three points. Hey, a road win is a road win, right? Uh, and I think that at this point um, – we had questioned whether uh, and what shape the rebels were going to get to the gold cup break and yeah. what shape they would get into. And so far, as I mentioned, one loss in the past seven games, uh, which uh, there's a, a tie in there. Right. Yeah. I think that the rebels right now, they're, they're just trying to 
build some kind of momentum, right? After having a rough beginning of the season uh, with peaks and valleys, they've uh, they've gotten to a little bit of consistency. They're not winning games in a spectacular fashion. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, this game against Cincinnati, had it not been for Luis Robles, the Red Bulls could have gone into the locker room on the losing side of, yeah. of the results. Um, and, and look, he, he didn't have much to do, uh, uh, in the second half. And, and perhaps, look, I think that you kind of have to give some credit to Chris Armors for making some adjustments to be able to shut down, yeah. uh, the Cincinnati opportunities that they were creating and they were, they were forcing, uh, Luis Robles to make the saves. And look, uh, the Red Bulls were lucky, uh, uh, because they broke through on a mistake by the defender. Kaku took advantage yeah. of it. Um, and then really the, the last goal is when Cincinnati's trying to come forward and really uh, and get back one on, on the Rebels. And Omir just with great technique just puts that one away. So a road win is a road win, as I said. Uh, they all count as a win, all count as three points. And I think that there was a very good result for the Rebels. This is it's situations like this with MLS and also just over the course of was it a 34 game season where maybe the Red Bulls don't have all the flashy guys, but they do have depth. They do have the, the academy system and the reserves and the USL team uh, to, to, to poach upon and to rely upon. And this is where it really comes through when you have three games in a week like this. And we're going to see coming up where you can have the, even when. MLS starts back up and you start getting the U.S. Open Cup action and then, you know, games might get rescheduled and games are condensed within weeks. This is where it does really, for a club like the, the Red Bulls, having that depth where you can take advantage of other teams and you can, you know, pluck a few extra points and maybe some other places where you go, all right, you might settle for a point, but no, you're able to go and grab three points out of a highly congested week and to pull out seven points in seven days. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that uh, the fact that uh, it hasn't been always the same core of 12, 13 players out there, mm -hmm. I think it's only going to help the, the Rebels um, in, in keeping the squad fresh. But always, uh, but also when you bring guys off the bench, these guys have enough game rhythm that you could barely notice a change from one guy to the other. Of course, there's no superstars on this Red Bull team, so uh, the level of of one particular player, as opposed to the one that comes in to fill him in, is not going to be a huge drop off. But they're still going to be significant. But the fact that uh, the guys that are coming in, the second stringers, uh, have that game rhythm is going to help the Red Bulls compete. Yeah, and one uh, you talk about guys taking advantage of the situation, whether it's just a congestion of games, whether it's injuries. You see guys like Omir Fernandez ste stepping up, whether he starts the game or he comes off the bench, just being ready and just taking advantage of opportunities and, and just you know, being aggressive for this club. You see Brian White, he's, he's been able to do it, especially in the absence of Bradley Wright Phillips. Amro Tarek has really stepped up well with uh, Aaron Long going down with his hamstring injury. Yep. And you saw Sean Nealis there for a little bit when Tim Parker had to serve the suspension. Yeah, he had some you know, up and down moments, but, you know, some learning experiences as well. 
who are the really, you know, those are just some of the guys who's really, uh, not just really taken advantage of the situation and really made themselves irregular, but who's also maybe dropped the ball. Not, not necessarily anyone who was injured, but who is in a situation right now where they maybe really haven't grasped the situation presented to them. And, you know, maybe, I don't want to say fall by the wayside, but could be overlooked for some more uh, big assignments going forward as the year goes on. I, I think it it's tough because when you look at this team and what they've done so far, no one has been spectacular and no one has been really, really horrible. Uh, there's guys that have um, bad games, then they bounce back. They have better games. There's guys that we know what kind of limitations that they have. So when when you see them play, I said, well, that's his level and that's as best as we're going to get. But I, I think that you can't single uh, anyone out. Um, I, I Isn't that a little bit of a problem, too, where it just seems like everyone is just sort of floating there on the same level? Yeah. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it is because it's just it's just average, really, right? As just we're average. starting to see guys, you know, rise above it a little bit, but they really haven't, you know, skyrocketed yeah. above it. And it just seems yeah, – I, I, I think it just that, seems like you're still you, – you like what you're seeing, but you're thinking, man, can I, can I see some more? Yeah, I think, look, instead of looking at it in the way of, okay, these, these guys are starters and they've really lost their touch and they've really gone down and they're going to lose a, a starting spot as a result, you kind of have to look at what guys have uh, were on – on the mark to to step up and to to really come in and really haven't done much. I'm talking about Derek Etienne as as being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about uh, you know Kyle Duncan, who was is a personal favorite of mine. He really hasn't done much uh, to to really forge uh, or stake a place in this uh, in this starting uh, eleven. Uh, you, you you look at other guys that uh, have come in and that really have really taking a hold of the opportunity that they were given. Omir Fernandez, for example, uh, is one of them. Brian White is one of them. I know that Barlow is not there yet, but look, he was given an yeah. opportunity. He scored a very, very important yeah. goal for the Red Bulls. So, I mean, these are guys that, that are going out there and they're working hard. They, and as a result of their hard work, they're putting themselves in a position uh, to do well. Um, and I think that that's just that's what the rebels are going to be this year. I don't think anybody's going to be spectacular um, throughout the season. I think there's guys that are going to come in and give their contribute and and pay uh, play uh, integral parts here and there. Uh, and then there's other guys that are going to establish themselves. I said here in, in a couple weeks ago, and I think he even said last week that Omir Fernandez is a guy that he. He will do well, but I think next season he's going to explode. All right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's yeah, his first. Remember, this is his really his first year in MLS or really even professional soccer, where he he's taken this big jump and he's really he's made some you know, vital contributions. Not just uh, scoring the goal the other night, but he's had some good moments here and there as well. So to be able to learn on the fly. With yeah. MLS in a situation where it's not necessarily easy for the Red Bulls right now, where they didn't get off to a great start. So a little bit, you know, there was 
a lot asked of these guys to really get them back going to where the Red Bulls normally are, uh, you know, towards the top of the standings. So that was a little bit, you know, big of an ask for him. So I, I thought he's he's handled it pretty well. Um, all right, I, I wrote this down here. Um, I'm not I'm not sure exactly, but I guess you have to give him credit just because the team is playing well is just uh, Chris Armis right now. His performance over the last few weeks after we were very critical of him, at least I know I've been, and I know you've you've had some criticisms of him as well. Is Chris Armis really starting to turn things around with this current crop of Red Bulls, or is it just still um, like to, uh, to be D? Look, I, I, I think, look, uh, we're, we're very quick to jump down his throat and, and to criticize him. Mm-hmm. I think that... And we, and we, and we always we, joke about we, him and him always coming <laughs> out like, hey, we had very positive practice. We know what goes on inside these walls. We always hear a lot of the same canned stuff, not just from Armist, but we hear it from everyone yeah. usually involved with Red Bulls. You know, they talk about the Patriot way with the New England Patriots, the way they handle yeah. press conferences and interviews and stuff, how the Red Bulls almost have their own way as well. But yeah, look, yeah. you have to give them a little bit of credit, right? I think that the he realized that the high press that teams were adopting uh, or adapting to to the Red Bulls high press they were they were playing them in much lower blocks and and that was that was making life difficult for the rebels because now the rebels had to have the initiative to go forward and that's not really their style so he's he's tweaked the lineup a, a couple times i know that with the absence of Aaron Long he hasn't been able to field uh, uh, three uh, center backs, then with the wing backs, which is where we started seeing the change. But what we have seen so far, uh, he's he's made some changes. And look, the the rebels are are not uh, burning any barns by by any means, but they're managing to get the results. And also defensively, they've been very good defensively in shutting things down. And I think that w- once. You could shut things down and not give up goals. You put yourself in a good position to come out with the with a positive result, whether it's a tie or a win. And I, one last thing about the game, though, on Saturday night, I, I have to give a little bit of credit to the Cincinnati crowd because the team hasn't really been that good, but they've really gotten behind that team, even when they were in the USL and supporting them. I, I know where they're playing. It's not necessarily designed for soccer there, Nipper Stadium. It's for the, the college football team there at University of Cincinnati. Uh, it looks like they changed the field turf from the last time the Red Bulls played there in 2017. I think yeah. that's when they, yeah, they made the, the run to the U.S. Yeah, Open Cup ago, final. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's sort of a nice, you know, it's not a, a cookie cutter stadium, but you know, it sort of has its own little nooks and crannies. But they had a pretty good crowd. It seems along the sidelines, it really comes up close to the field. So yeah, they, they've they've struggled with the with the results, but it looks like the fans still come out and support the team well. So good for Cincinnati. It's just another you know good success story when you see teams, even maybe they're not having the great results at first, but they still have the fans coming out really supporting the club, and you know good for the people of Cincinnati. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that. Uh... Once you have something like that, and, and trust me, from a financial standpoint, it's a huge undertaking to be able to pull fans in 
week in, week out mm -hmm. uh, to come and watch the team. I think that's a step in the right direction. I think that the organization needs to keep doing stuff in order to retain that that fan base because for yeah. now it's all a novelty. People will come out and look, they, they, they had their own fan base, but I don't think it was to this level. Uh, but uh, the fact that this is all a novelty and, and families come out and, and, and guys come out and, and, and gals come out and watch the game, Uh, now it's it's up to Cincinnati to really be able to do things in it, it, to retain that crowd. Uh, but it's always encouraging. It's always encouraging to see uh, stadiums with nice crowds. And you just hope there uh, the other team from the state of Ohio can uh, get back to a situation like that with the Columbus Crew. Cincinnati plays closer to the you know the, the heart of the city there in Cincinnati. Columbus is a little bit on the outskirts. Hopefully they can move uh, to a new, even though that was one of the first soccer-only stadiums, hopefully they can move to a new facility, you know, closer to downtown Columbus, and they can start pulling the same type of uh, crowds. That would be a nice uh, little, uh, you know, you know, state rivalry there in Ohio as well. So, yeah. once again, congrats to Cincinnati, and uh, hopefully you have success continues there at the, at the box office, and eventually we'll turn around for you on the field. Okay, just some other – Red Bulls news of notes and some other MLS news of notes. Six Red Bulls have now earned international call-ups to their respective nations rosters. Now, some of these call-ups are um, not not the final roster cuts, but more than likely, Derek Etienne is going to be on Haiti. Kamara Lawrence is going to be on Jamaica. Michael Murillo is going to be on Panama for for the uh, the Gold Cup. Aaron Long he did get called up as he said last week to the U.S. Who knows with his injury? But Kyle Duncan. Just got a call up to the senior squad camp for the Gold Cup. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make the final roster, but be, it's good to see him getting a little bit of recognition. You think maybe if he was healthy, it didn't suffer that injury last year, he might be playing with the was the U20s over at the, the U20 World Cup. But, you know, it'd be good just maybe get him in camp, get some experience with the guys while, you know, obviously it's, You know, the Red Bulls won't be playing anyway, so goes get some experience with them. That'd be that'd be nice to see. So yeah. good for him. Also, Jordan Scarlett with Red Bull too. He got a call up for Jamaica's roster as well. Yep. Yep. So it's good. You know, it's, as long as these guys come back healthy, you know, sometimes okay. that doesn't yeah. always happen. But I, you know, as long as they go have fun with their with their nations and come back healthy. Although yeah. Aaron Long, he's going in <laughs> not healthy. So yeah, we'll see his availability. I think that uh, it's great to be uh, called up because it serves as recognition that you're being looked at and what your hard work is paying off in the shape of a call up. Uh, and then I think that something like that also does wonders for the confidence of these players. Uh, so, it's, you know, it, it's a good thing as long as they come back uh, healthy. Yeah. Um, it's a great thing, uh, you know, to be recognized and to have that international exposure. Or in the case of Kaku, who just got called up to Paraguay for the Copa America 2019 tournament, that uh, you know they 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 come back at all. So who who knows? He goes, maybe he finds a new deal, and, and he never comes back. But you know, we'll see. We we know Kaku, whether it's this summer or the end of the year, he's probably not going to be long for the New York Red Bulls. But if he does come back, hopefully he comes back healthy and helps them uh, go forward in, in this season as well. Uh, Red Bull 2, I'm going to get to the other thing I'm skipping over in a moment about the, the League's Cup. I'll get to that in a second. But Red Bull 2 suffered a second straight defeat on Friday. 
beaten at home 2-1 to one by North Carolina FC. They look to get back in the win column this Friday at home against the Bethlehem Steel. 7.30 p.m. scheduled kickoff out at Montclair State. For anyone who's interested in going, ESPN Plus also has the TV coverage. They're right now in third place in the USL Championship Eastern Conference with 20 points, six points behind the Tampa Bay Rowdies. All right. Um, announced today, and it also starts this year too, MLS and League MX announced the creation of Leagues Cup. It will be an annual competition between the two leagues. 18 tournament, four from each league starting this July. The representatives from MLS, the Chicago Fire, the Houston Dynamo, LA Galaxy, and Real Salt Lake. For League MX, Club America, Tigris, Cruz Azul, and Club Tijuana. All the Mexican sides were selected based on results in recent competitions, while the MLS teams are just invited. You know, eh. you want to go? You want to go? Okay. Uh, I, sporting criteria will determine participants for future competitions. But, yeah, well, how, how some of these teams are selected. Well, maybe, well, maybe, the, maybe the top teams didn't want to go and get molly uh, up by Mexican clubs in the middle of the year. Uh, that I, might I be it. I tell you. I could tell you, Mike, because you look at this set of teams and aside from the Chicago Fire, the geographic location of all of these are kind of, it, they bode well with going to Mexico. You got Houston, you got L.A., you got Salt Lake, and, you know, and Chicago is the but only one that's uh, out of that really realm in that southwest but, area, really. But But I think for this tournament, what I was reading where if it's a Mexican team versus an MLS team, a league MX side versus MLS, the game is going to be played at, at the stadium of MLS because all four of the uh, quarterfinals here, oh, well, so MLS, that, MLS are hosting all the games. And it, I believe, I believe I didn't say, <laughs> I think it's just a, you know, a one game, one round knockout too. I don't think it's a, a home and home leg. There you go. That's that's uh that's how much I've done my research on this. I'm glad you yeah. looked it up, Mike. Yeah, well, I I could be wrong. Hold on, I gotta blow my nose. <laughs> that's what I think of this tournament through. I mean, I could be wrong, but let's put it this way: it, it comes the semifinals, it's gonna be all Mexican teams, you know, hosting matches because they're gonna knock out all the MLS teams in in the quarterfinals. So it's just you have the Concacaf. Champions League, right? They, they, they mimic the the UEFA Champions League. You have the CONCACAF Champions League. What's the real need for this tournament? You start it just this year, and you start it in the middle of the year, you know, when you're already having U.S. Open Cup competitions, and, of course, you have your regular season going on as well. I, I mean, yes, I understand. It's probably money. They want to say oh, exposure. The only exposure it's really for it's it's for a lot of these Mexican teams because you know the ratings have been getting better and better for League MX. So it's just a chance for them to really just get more exposure in the United States. Yeah. What's I, it doing for MLS? What you get your heads kicked in by Club America and stuff like that? Depending on uh, which. Uh which uh, network will have the games. So that, that might be where they're trying to get uh, money out of is the network that will be carrying the games. I think that I can only see that because other than that, I really don't see how this could be uh, helpful for any of these uh, eight teams involved. 
Yeah. And I guess even for the, for the Mexican sides, uh, you know, some of these games might be being played during, I, I know they have a different schedule where they have the spring season, they have a fall season. So, but I, I think if it goes during their summer or fall season schedule, you know, you know, they could lose guys to injuries or, or whatever it is. I'm saying you, you just don't see over in Europe, you don't see the Premier League and La Liga going, hey, in the middle of the year, we're going to have an you know, 18 tournament with uh, top four teams from each each side. <laughs> you know, th- that's what we have the Champions League for. It's it's dumb. I, I, I just hope it's not well supported and it, it dies. But I don't know. I guess they're going to try to push it because I don't know if they're going to eventually try to look down the line, try to have more involvement with each of these teams and some, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know either, man. Baffling. All right. Let me just take a quick look at the scoreboard before we get into a little bit about Saturday yeah, night's game. D- DC tied Chicago and uh, Philadelphia. Oh, yes. 3 3 final with DC and Chicago. Philadelphia, Colorado both tied. They're in uh, injury time right now. And just out on the West Conference, Sporting King- Kansas City losing 1 0 at home. To the LA Galaxy, that one's in the 84th minute. So I'll check up on that one more time before we, yeah. before we, before we end it. All right, this Saturday night, the Fighting Petkies come to Red Bull Arena. That's Real Salt Lake, who just lost tonight. They did have a four-game winning streak, which included uh, wins over Toronto and Atlanta before they lost two to one tonight. Uh, right now. Uh, they were sixth placed in the standings. Uh, they're still sitting on 19 points, but now it's through 14 games played. Uh, I have to see if they're still in sixth or seventh, but more than likely they're still probably in playoff positioning. Uh, Albert Rusnak's got five goals to lead Real Salt League. They have a new designated player, Sam Johnson. I know he's had some issues early on acclimating, acclimating into Real Salt League's roster. He did have a goal tonight against Montreal. Uh, Red Bulls, they finally have a whole week off now, Alfredo, after playing three games last week. They had this whole week off. Obviously, they're in training, but it's not really you know, playing a game in win week and you know, burning up your legs in 90 minutes like that. So they're able to sit and rest. And plus, you have Real Salt Lake on the road playing tonight. Then they got to travel to the New York, New Jersey area here, you know, spend Thursday, Friday, play Saturday. It's also fireworks night there at Red Bull Arena. If you can make it, it's usually a, a fun time. If not, MSG will have the TV broadcast. Uh, latest injury report, I don't have the current update. I know Bradley Ray Phillips is still probably listed as questionable. Aaron Long is listed as questionable. We know both know more than likely they probably won't be playing. I don't know. Bradley Ray Phillips might be getting closer. I haven't heard anything new on him. Well, you know, We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, I had said last week, Alfredo, with these final three games coming up before the break, we looked at Cincinnati, Real Salt Lake, and then the Philadelphia game. I would said that, obviously, ideally, you would like to see him get seven, oh, nine points, but you know, seven would be great. But I was thinking you know, minimum five points, but you're more in the lines of six. Maybe you win two and you lose one. They got the three points so far. They they head into this match with uh, Real Salt Lake playing midweek, playing on the road. Uh, this is the one that almost seems as if I know 
Real Salt Lake can be tough. I know sometimes they have a tough time and to go up against Pecky. He beat them last year when they went to, to Salt Lake to play. This is another one where maybe you want to see him come out and play a little bit better than they did at Cincinnati. But this is the one you got to be up for. You got to be motivated. Yes, you should be for each game. This one, a little bit more so. You have the week off to rest those legs. You're at home. This is your last home game before the Gold Cup. You won't be playing another home game for until end of July, probably. Because this game, this game will be June first. The Philadelphia game is on the road, so they won't be home until middle, you know, late July. So this is a game where. It's another must win with the three points. Uh, this won't be where, you know, this with the draw against Vancouver. Yeah, okay, whatever. This has got to be another three pointer. You got to go up, find a way, however it is. You got to go out. I, yeah, I'd say a little bit beyond that. That you want to see a little bit more initiative, a little bit more them, you know, forcing the action, play a little bit more like as they quote unquote the Red Bull style. Yeah, I, look, I I think that especially when you're coming up against a team that's going to be on short rest and you've had a whole week of rest um, and a team that's traveling also. But, uh, yeah, I mean, playing at home, you, you need to get these points, especially playing against these teams. I mean, uh, that is what's going at the end. That's what's going to uh, distinguish you and where you finish on the table. Uh, is winning these games that should be must-win games uh, for the Rebels. And I know that uh, Real is actually on, uh, well, they just lost today, but uh, up until today, they were coming off uh, a yeah. three-win uh, streak. They well, beat, four, uh, like. four, four win. Yeah. They, they had beaten uh, Toronto, they had beaten Atlanta, and they finally uh, dropped uh, today. But um, I think and that... They also, uh, they had also beaten Portland and Colorado. So, you know... Right. Actually, I mean... Well, let the Colorado win. Take that as... as exactly. You know. But I think that, uh, you know, these are the type of games that the Rebels need to win. Uh, these are, you know, as I mentioned, playing at home against a short uh, team on short rest. You got to win this game. But I completely understand what you're saying, Mike. I think that the Rebels, when they come in, when they come onto the pitch and, and kick... Uh, and kick that ball off there needs to be a sense of urgency to put it, this game away as quickly as possible and not rely on your goalkeeper to keep you in a game and here's another thing you're going up against uh, another goalkeeper that's uh yeah he's getting up there in age but he's still capable of yeah you, know, you know having some good moments with nick romando as well so you got to take advantage you got to put the pressure you can't let him uh, start making a few good saves and all of a sudden just give up because he can be stubborn and you know he's been stubborn against the Red Bulls in, in times past. Now it will be interesting to see what lineup they come out with. If you think, yeah, BWP, if you think he's still out, Arlong is still out. Uh, I'd expect Kaku back in the starting lineup. I think he didn't start last Saturday because with the three games, giving him his legs a bit of a rest. But I'm just wondering who else will get the start. If uh, Fernandez gets up there starting, if Barlow makes his way back in, if Brian, they go continue to go with Brian White after the, he played, hey, you know, he was a bench player for the team of the week. You know, th- does he come <laughs> off the bench this week and make MLS team of the week? Uh, you know, Daniel Royer in there as well. Yeah, and uh, then I, don't I, forget, I think, don't forget that Daniel Royal pull, pulled out of uh, the Red Bulls last game because it's a muscle tightness. It yeah. shouldn't be anything to worry about. So he should 
if everything goes well, he should be back in in a lineup. I just don't I don't know. I wonder if that uh, was also a little bit with field turf too. It's... Yeah, it could have been. I I don't think that he will sit uh, Denny Royer, but but yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I don't think you could look at uh, an eleven and see this is the the most the consistent eleven that Chris Armas puts uh, week in and week out, and I think there's always one or two surprises there. Yeah, also guys like Christian Caceres, you see him back in there as well. Um, you know, Shakovsky, you know, you know, he he was in there last week as well. You know, Sean Davis. Uh, yeah, so and also with you know on the defense as well, you think they're well rested, probably go with Tarek, Parker in the back with Mario. I guess Kamar Lawrence is back in there as well. You know, Connor yeah. will come out, you know, if there's any injuries or, or whatnot. So you think they want to start getting a little bit more of a stable starting 11 going forward, knowing who's going to be really the starters. And maybe a guy might need a blow here and there, start, you know, as, as a starter, but coming up more of a consistent starting 11. Yeah. Injuries you know, have, have made some decisions a little bit trickier or, or a little bit easier in other cases. But you want to, yeah, yeah. You want Royer back in there. You want to have Kaku back in there. Yeah. Uh, and then the other guys, you know, it, it's up to them to really decide if they're going to be the guys that are be getting the starts week in week out, or if they're going to be the ones relegated to the bench or to RB two duty. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting yeah. to see because, uh, yeah, the the Rebels are going to have uh, quite a bit of time off, and we'll see. Um, what happens during that time off as far as what kind of tweaks and changes we can expect from Chris Armas and this team. All right. And we shall see coming up this Saturday night. Once again, if you can make it 7 PM kickoff Red Bull arena fireworks night, if not, you can stay at home and watch it on MSG. All right, Alfredo. It was great getting back here, talking with you once again, before we go, we have the champions league final coming up on Saturday. So I, I have no problem saying go Tottenham, you know, anyone but Liverpool. I have no problem saying that. Liverpool fans had no problem rooting for Barcelona when they demolished United in 2009 and uh, 2011. So, hey, your go friend, to Tottenham. You know, I was I was rooting for Real Madrid last year. That was great. You, so, you, you, your friend Nick Falco would beg to differ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let him suffer again. So. All right, Alfredo, great talking to you. Have a great weekend. Hopefully next week we're talking about uh, another Red Bull victory and also a Tottenham victory, too. So take yeah. care, buddy. Take care, everyone. See you, Mike. All right, for Alfredo Fumasas, I am Mike Corbett. Thanks for listening. It's the Full of Bulls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bulls.